I'm Bobby. I'm Nathan. And this this could be a podcast. Boom. Because the dynamite for America. It's hard to have an original thought nowadays. It's so it's weird. Like so, I watched Power. Power, or Powers. What's that? Uh, it's a new Netflix movie. Okay. About uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh, what's his name, guy who played Ray. Um, Jamie Fox. Jamie Fox. Okay. Involving a world where you can take a pill. Mm-hmm. And for five minutes, you get superpowers. Okay. Anyway. Kind of like Limitless a little bit. A little bit like Limitless. Kind of going on to the, it's hard to have an original thought nowadays. Right. It, um, it's hard It's hard to have an original thought because of your access to looking it up if it's an original. Like, right. I'd imagine that like long ago, yes. not even that long ago, yeah. people would go forever thinking that they had they this had original a idea crazy original idea that no one has it versus now where you like you can look it up in and a everybody's second like oh man did you not hear about that kurosawa film yeah exactly where you're <laughs> like oh, i had this great idea for x y and z and they're like oh no that's totally been done and to run into that person yeah would be you know it's a crapshoot versus you looking it up yourself you know that was a though i love that bit in glow do you remember that uh yeah I, mean, where I remember glow. mark uh, uh mark, mark maron, maron yeah. He's got a great idea of a script. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly. it's just like, oh, no, that's the that's the plot to, of Back to the Future. Right. That's a great example of what I'm, <laughs> what I'm talking right. about. Like, where yeah. he's living for years, it seems like. Right. That he's right. living in that world of, I have this great original idea. I got this great original as idea. As soon as I really put myself, you know, concentrate, if I get the funding for it or something like that, mm-hmm. I'm going to make it really happen. And it's like, no, no, no. That was a movie that came out recently, like this year. So, as a child, I had like the idea of my father being in the Navy, like having some kind of scientific test mm-hmm. being put upon him okay. in hopes to make him some kind of superhero. But it didn't take, nothing happened. Uh-huh. However, it did pass to me genetically. Through his semen. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, my father's. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so something, yeah, you know, passed down to me and somehow, for some reason, it clicked with me. I always thought that was an interesting idea yeah. of like a, you know, what was seen as a failed experiment. Right. Now, that's not, that's not a bad original idea. Now, where you go from it, you it know, was probably... Men- it was mentioned a little bit in this movie, in this Netflix movie. In this Powers? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I kind of had that idea. I remember that having that idea. And I was like, oh, well, that's well, okay. I remember... Driving along when the internet was in its early stages of still CD-ROM hours, yeah. AOL yeah. hours and everything. I always remember driving, uh, you know, not driving because I wasn't old enough to drive, but sure. being the passenger in the back seat, staring at the the headrests of the driver and passenger seats. and be like, man, if we could just put like a monitor in there, if we could just put something yeah. that I can stare at there and I can be on the internet, you know, like or something I can at least watch. Sure. You know, they had TVs, but it was even before... I that was, was like, exposed that to it. That was like a CRT. I remember like like an Astro van. Yeah, they'd have like the drop down television like in <laughs> no, the middle. No, like not even like not even like with plasma not with like a plasma or an LCD or something. It was like a full on CRT nine inch monitor. Yeah, just hanging from like <laughs> yeah. the roof of the car. Yes, right. Yeah. Versus like 
Now they have them like built into built the, into the, the headset, back of the headset. Yeah. And I was, when I see this, you know, I tell my younger brother a lot, like, you're living in a world. You have no idea. You have no idea the things like, well, the, the whole going to school virtually. I'm like, there are so many years or so many days where I'd wake up and be like, can we just, just have it on the television? Please. I'll just, I'll just watch class from TV and I'll do all the work and everything. And yeah. now I get to do that. And, uh, ordering movies off Amazon. I know ordering talked, movies off Amazon. We've, we've talked about that before, but yeah, those ideas were, I mean, obviously I'm a kid. I have no fucking idea how to make this happen. It just wouldn't sure. be great. Wouldn't it be great if this happened? But it's like yeah. those those things that come to fruition, like where like I would I would rather have other things I actually wish for or like wanted to have happen in my life. I'd yeah. rather those things be tangible and real versus like just sure. having televisions sure. in the back of headrests on cars. <laughs> like, right. You know, all the things you think about where you're like, oh, I could have this happen or TVs in the back of a driver's seat's car. I'm all I'm all on board, man. I'll take the other thing I was wishing for. So there's a Cormac McCarthy's novel, The Road, the film adaptation starring Vidigo Mortensen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's a scene where it's it's post-apocalyptic. Are, yeah, are I'm familiar. familiar. Yeah. Yep. There's a scene where like they stumble upon a bunker mm-hmm. that's been unused, and at one so they get all, get all cleaned up and they take baths, and mm-hmm. Vigo Mortensen's sitting there, and he's you know wearing a suit coat, and he's smoking a cigarette. And he does a French inhale, mm-hmm. and like, and his kids there, and he, all he that kid's known as all post-apocalyptic wasteland. And he says, "You look at me like I'm from another world." Mm-hmm. And I have that moment every so often with my children. It's just like, "Oh no, we had to do this." Like, yeah, you'd... and especially growing up in a much more rural setting, it's mm-hmm. just like. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, we got to do this. We got to do this with a tractor. We got to you know, hey, can I let me explain a power takeoff mm-hmm. on a tractor for a minute? And they're like, "What?" I'm like, "You're looking at me like I'm from another world." <laughs> and from another movie that they haven't seen <laughs> right, a no. long time ago. I love that movie. But I really, I really love that movie. But that's a thing though where when you're uh especially how quickly like technology evolves now. Like right. and the way that things were, I mean, I mean, even referencing a blockbuster, renting a movie, which is something that was so, you know, for a short period of time, actually, I guess right. in the grand scheme of things, was a, a normal thing to do. But mm-hmm. how foreign it would seem to somebody, probably like a 14-year-old. Like, right. Would, and we don't, a 14-year-old, I mean, has any of your children ever rented a movie? Do you, like, uh, do they re- remember renting a movie? Um, no. Like, red boxes are there, like. But they're just a thing that's there. Yeah. I, I, there was a period of Red time. Redboxes are a vending machine. There was a period of time where there was like, we would be at like going through the, uh, going through the checkout of the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And I just tell the kids, just go look at the red box for a little bit while I'm mm-hmm. checking out. Leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. But even that experience of like the, the red box versus going to the, oh, the, yeah. the, oh, yeah. whatever your video rental store preference was. But Going to yeah. going there was a whole process that was fun, exciting. It indicated like first off, normally like the weekend. I mean, that's generally sure. But everybody's working for it. Yeah, but you'd go and I remember my parents would be like, "All right, just go and find something." Oh. You know, it wouldn't be stick stick around or anything like that, or like or stay by us. But it was always a really fun experience to like go and find something, pick it out, you know, read the back of the or basically sure. look at the sure. back of the movies and everything. Yeah, it, for so we didn't. So in my thousand person small town, 
There was mm-hmm. only gas stations. Correct. Which is a different and experience. The, and that's what we'd rent from. Yeah. Uh, there was a, uh, I'm trying to remember, what was that? What was that movie? I'm trying to remember the name of the video rental place in Creston. Mm-hmm. And it's now, I think, an insurance sales Office. Well, around here we had we had family video. Yeah, family video, which I preferred. I preferred family video. It's a great place, you know, a great movie rental place. We had Mister Movies, which I worked at in college. So where was Mister Movies at? That was in Iowa City in Coralville. Oh, okay. But that was one of the that was one of my favorite jobs of all time because back then when you when you worked at like a blockbuster, yeah. Um, in even Hollywood video, you had to play an endless loop of like trailers basically. Um, and that's all you could play. Mm. So family video, I remember family video and Mr. Movies were the two places where you could they play. They just had movies on. You just, and you got to pick them as long yeah. as they were PG-13, PG-13. Or, or, or under, you got huh. to pick them. So that was again, like a kid in a candy store of like, oh, is there nobody here? Well, cool. We'll just pick, figure out some movie to watch, you know, and now here's a basically get paid to watch movies all fucking day. Is that your favorite job ever? Um, uh, I mean, compared to musician or real estate agent or <laughs> video production schnob. My favorite job. Do you have a favorite job? I have a list of favorite jobs. I have a list. Like, I worked the VIP room at a casino uh, for, <laughs> for a while. And that job was, again, when when you qualify, like, a favorite job. It's not like necessarily the work that you have yeah. to do. Sometimes it's a period of the work you don't have, don't to, have do. to do. Yeah. So at the VIP room, like it would be all the high rollers that would come in oh. and they would just sit and watch TV. And then like, you were kind of like their personal waiter and bartender and stuff. So, but again, we're a small, small town relative to, you know, big city or anything like that. So you, your high rollers that are coming in are maybe like, you may get like 15 people in an entire shift. Sure. Other than that, you have full access to the buffet. You have full access to, you know, the non-alcoholic beverages in the. You're just sitting there drinking, uh, drinking, drinking Coke, Mountain Dew and Mountain Dew and eating is, uh, meatballs on, and everything. And just eating, just eating meatballs, eating meatballs and watching drinking TV. Mountain Dew and watching TV. And at that point in time, I'm, I was. I'm hearing a lot about your work ethic here. That's all I'm going to say. Well, as far as like favorite jobs go, I'm like, this, this job was sweet when I was, you know, late high school, early college. And. For, so there's multiple levels to this. So I was also good friends with my boss who allowed yeah. me to log into his uh, his account on on uh, the computer and everything like that to gain okay. Internet access because we oh. were in the same we were in the same fantasy baseball league. So he would let me log in under his name to like go and like surf the Internet because everything else was like restricted. After. Yeah. yeah. So it was full access to the Internet. And you didn't have your Blackberry on you. It was before even Blackberries. I mean, this was, I remember watching the uh, Lazy Sunday SNL yeah. episode there. Yeah. So that, around that time, whatever sure. that was. Uh, but uh, 07? Yeah. 08? So still flip phones and everything like that. No. Yeah, man. So that was, that was a great job. I mean, that thing. And the other, the other great part about that job was that. Why'd you quit? Uh, yeah. Did you get fired? No, no, I didn't get fired. But. You got uh, you got amazing tips from the people that walked in. So you do like a little oh. bit. You do just a little bit of getting them like buffet food or uh, making them a one drink. And Bobby, why don't you give me a bloody Mary? And here's here's twenty bucks. And it's no like, shit. Yeah, it was that job. I also had a job in that same casino at Coat Check. Now that job was fucking bank. Like as as a high school oh. as a high school kid, I would probably pull 
on I'd work Tuesdays and Wednesday nights to like 11 o'clock at night. Sure. And I'd probably walk out with like two to four hundred dollars. Whoa. For those two nights in, Whoa. Ti- in tips alone, in tips alone. Whoa. Yeah. So as a as a high school kid, I was just like flush with cash, yeah. you know, and as far as high school kids sure. go and everything with that. I'd have a job where I work two nights a week and just everyone, every fucking person that would bring a coat in, it's at least a dollar. And if they had a great night, you know, you get more. Yeah. But you know, if they get to know you and everything like that. Um, yeah. So that job for mon- uh, monetarily, I mean, that was a great job. But. I'm glad I turned down that job at the casino. What job did you turn down at the casino? Uh, it was like the technical director for the moon bar. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It was just like, it was right when they were just built mm-hmm. the new casino. And I'm like, I'm kind of done driving 50 minutes each way mm-hmm. into work. Uh, it's like, oh, I'd just be running a theater. And then I was like, oh, this is just going to be all nights. Yeah. This is going to be all right. nights. Yeah. There's no like ifs, ands, or buts. This is all nights. Well, do you have a favorite job? Have you had a favorite job? Oh, I don't know, man. Uh, How many jobs have you had? Well, let's, uh, not a lot. I mean, real. I mean, I feel like I bumped around more jobs than you've. Than uh, you you've right. Let me let me go through them all. So, I occasionally would work with a farmhand at, at as like in the cog confinements, mm-hmm. and like this that doesn't a bit sound like a fun job. Before, like, uh, I had a like he'd come pick me up at like five in the morning. And That's a no for me, dog. I had to like help him like move pigs around and he'd like vaccinate them on to the next one. Oh no. Like I, here's the deal about working in the hog confinement and like I'd have like my job would I'd have like literally a board mm-hmm. like with a piece of wood with two handles on top of it to help like separate hogs. Yeah. And I thought it like helped me so much as a linebacker, just like, anticip- yeah, I'm sure. like as far as like anticipating <laughs> working movement, out with hogs <laughs> yeah, as like, just like more just like seeing motion yeah. and anticipating yeah. movement and shuffling and moving mm-hmm. and in pushing. Like I thought that like it was a, I mean, you'd get done and you'd like, I'd work for like two hours and the guy would give me like 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. And as a 14 year old, you know, and I and I'd usually get a Dr Pepper out of it too. Mm. You should have applied to casino for the fucking coat check, man. <laughs> there was not a casino in my area, Ooh. and well, when did I'm trying to remember when Lakeside opened up in Osceola? I don't remember. Anyhow, anyway. so I did that. Worked as a farmhand for my my friend, uh, my friend Matt and his dad Bob, and that was easy because, mm. you know, we'd I'd show up and we'd do like. Hey, that, that was the that was the place where I ruined the tractor, mm-hmm. and you know we didn't show up. And, hey, uh, Dad wants us to tear down this old shed. But as far as like job jobs, those seem like like. And then, I, and that so that was summer. Where's the first place you were employed and had to like, uh, like apply to? I don't know. You don't remember your first job? I mean, like. I guess probably working as a farmhand. And then, no, but like your first and then ap- like application. I, I worked. I worked as a day camp counselor. Okay. The summer after my see that's senior a job. year. You'd have to apply for that job. And I, well, I don't. Did I? I don't remember. How many jobs have you fucking applied to? Not a lot. Not a lot. I've applied <laughs> to a lot of jobs. It, yeah, that was a great job. I like so that was like me and my good friend from high school, Bill, and we worked at a YMCA, mm-hmm. and we were basically just glorified babysitters. Yeah. 
and like th- through the course of the summer, like pool time got like extended. So it was, it was always, it was great because it was like lunchtime. Okay. We're going to sit down. We're going to watch Powerpuff Girls mm-hmm. and we'll eat lunch. That's our only TV time. And then we're going to go to the pool and it started off. It was like 45 minutes and it like got extended to like an hour and a half because it's just like, mm-hmm. this is time we don't have to schedule. So right. it's great. Yeah. I know I'm, I taught uh baseball for a few years in uh, through the city. I didn't enjoy, the, I didn't enjoy that job at all. Because yeah. again, when, when I go back to like, if I'm thinking about my favorite jobs, like the money is a factor sure, for it. I mean, sure. if I had to pick like between coat check and the VIP room, the uh, VIP room produced less money than the coat check, but it was much more fun because I had access zero to more than, responsibility. Yeah. And much more time just me watching yeah. television and everything. But, um, the, but like the ratio of money to time and effort to, uh, to teach sure, baseball sure. over a couple summers, horrible, but just ridiculous. So much so where, you know, when the job is just not priced, you're not, right. you're, the amount of money you're making, you can't hire anybody because right. it's not it's worth, not worth any logical right. person's. Right. No uh, one's really going to do it. Right. That's, <clears throat> I feel like that, I, I haven't had a lot of those jobs where I'm like, this yeah. is, I'm not getting paid a lot. I worked at my first job out of, in high school was at Walgreens and I worked there. Oh yeah. For a, at the mall? Uh, no, no, another location here in town, but I worked at, I worked there, but again, like the money to time ratio seemed right. It It seemed appropriate for Mm. it's, I think a job when you can leave a job and then you don't have to think about that job anymore. There's a value to that in people's lives. And especially as a kid, like that's what it is. Like I recently went into a subway and subway, a subway and, uh, the kid behind the counter was just kind of like, he was just super pissy. And I'm like, I get it, man. Like I had a buddy that worked at subway. Like I had shitty jobs. Like I get it. Like yeah. these jobs suck. And I understand if you're in just a pissy mood, sure. but I almost want, I almost wanted to talk to him and be like, Hey, what do you really want to do? Like, what do you like? What do yeah. you want to do? Cause this miss, is, a, what are you missing out on right now? Well, and it's like, you're, you're a 15, 16 yeah. year old kid. Like this is the job you're supposed to have right now. Right. So, right. And I get it. I know I was a dick to some people at Walgreens cause I just didn't want to be there and everything like that. I totally understand if he was just having a bad day, fucking but asthma uh, medication. Yeah. Something shit like that. like that where you're like, uh, but I almost want to talk to the kid and just be like, what do you really want to do? Because this is the stepping stone. These are the jobs that you need to have to appreciate when you actually get the job that you want to be doing some, <sighs> right. some right. semblance of the thing. It's never perfect. Yeah. But, um, and the amount of people that like don't want to do that job at all, like that, sure. just feel like I just want to go from school to my the dream job, and that's right. like that doesn't fucking exist or that, it exists that, for a no, very few that's not, that's select people. Thing. That's not a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's total nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um. But those jobs, I remember. Like, yeah. I mean, th- those are where you can shut off. Yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. That's the only the other part about it. It's like you get to leave this job, and not and you think, don't have to think about, think about it. it. You don't have to make sandwiches at home. Yeah. No, this is this is a, you know, burn out the clock situation. You know, I'm really running out of the clock here. And, uh, I don't know. I I didn't talk. I didn't say anything to him, but I just I could feel that vibe from him. And sure. Being like, look, you know, I'm lucky enough to be in a situation where I I enjoy what I do and. As a podcaster, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, it pays the bills. Yeah, it pays the bills. You know, but yeah, I'd say probably one of the worst jobs I had was the summer between my 
freshman and sophomore year of college where I worked uh, as a housekeeper at college. Ooh, yeah, that um, would not be fun. Well, like starting at 530. Th- that's but, a no. But then getting off at 230. Yeah, it's still And I'm no. still stupid and I'd like stay up until midnight. God. But here's the problem. Here's okay. the problem. Unbeknownst to me, so I, I lived with my sister that summer, mm-hmm. and I did not know that my sister's roommate, who I also lived with, was also working the same job as me. Oh, really? And I didn't particularly like that person. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I should, like, first day, it's like, okay, hey, you need to be here at this building mm-hmm. at 530. Okay. All right. I'm there. Took my bike, rode there, got there, and it's just like, and then all of a sudden she showed up. I'm like, Ex- pardon? You're, we're going to be living and working together. <laughs> You're basically in a relationship with this person. For the entire summer. Mm-hmm. And, so, and she's like, oh, hey, are you going to ride your bike tomorrow? Or are you going to walk with me like a normal person? And it's just like, oh, so we have to walk together. Now I have to spend even more time with Now me. it's like, we have to walk together. We have to live together. Mm-hmm. We have to work together. And I was just like, I... I'm like, what? This is awful. I don't enjoy this at all. It was rough. Worst job you ever had then? Um, I think so. Yeah. I think. I'm trying to go through and think about the worst I job so. I ever had. And I can, I don't know. I can think about jobs that like I des- like weren't, like I didn't enjoy Walgreens, but I enjoyed the people that I worked with. Sure. And, yeah. um, and then when I got into the restaurant, industry and everything like that when i started just being a bartender waiter at places there were places that weren't as fun as the other places but it was not necessarily a job was i remember i worked at a marina for one summer Oof. That, that was bad dealing with drunken boat people for yeah you got a problem with, is that where your hatred of boat people comes from no because i mean i want to be a boat person i just yeah. don't want to be the obnoxious drunken boat person yeah but i think you do no, 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 I don't. No. You know you don't want to be an obnoxious drunken boat person. I don't want to be an obnoxious drunken I boat person. I misread you, Bobby. I'm sorry. Yeah. You've misread me. I'm gonna have to Because there's a, a weird weird world that gets married with boat life where it's money and then alcohol and then you're just you, how oh. you're dealing with people goes out the window. And so dealing with you get drunk people coming off the rich river. drunk people rich are, drunk people are the worst. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean we can agree, right? I don't know. You don't know? You haven't had to I deal with a lot of no. rich drunk people? No. And then there's also there's also like the fallacy of being rich in like a perception that people have. I mean, you got a boat. So, yeah. So now you got to like, you got to walk in big dick swinging kind of thing. And those kind of people where you're like, you're a fucking fraud. We all know it. But you're just a blowhard. But you got a boat. But you got a boat. <laughs> and like, this is your little kingdom. Like, you get to, like, kind of rule this roost, you know? I am a captain. Yeah. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> right. I am a captain. This is, yeah, my vessel I got uh, off of. Yeah. So, yeah. This is mine. Yeah. but That's a but shitty it, pontoon, Bill. What the fuck are you talking about? But that that job, I mean, that was more, I mean, that might have been the worst job I ever had. Because the bosses would watch you through a video camera uh, on, during your shift. Oof. So they would call you. They would call if like uh, someone wasn't waited on quick enough, or if there was um, people waiting at the bar and anything like that. They would call you and be like, "You need to do this." And, I mean, it's one thing if but, you're like, like obviously ignoring them. I'm obviously uh-huh, ignoring right. them. You call that. You call. But if it's like I'm, I've served 
10 drinks. That was a job, too. That was a restaurant situation where you're the bartender, waiter, and cook at the same time. Oof. So it's a situation where if you get slammed, I remember we got, I got a call. I got slammed. I was, it was me and another guy that were there. Um, and we just got dropping fries. It, well, we got just ass fucked basically. And it was, yeah. And then they're sitting there on their, like literally on their boat, like, you know, 20 yards away watching this video feed from the bar. Ugh. And they and they call us at the end of it. They're like, you know, you guys got to do better. Like what the hell is going on there? You guys got to, you guys got to get these people. There's people are waiting and everything, everything with that. And it's like, we're two people. We just got like 40 people that came in and sure. we tried to do our best to get everyone served in a timely manner. But, right. um, but yeah, that was maybe the worst, but not really not that bad. I mean, yeah. I don't, I feel like I have found aspects of my job that I've enjoyed like with all the jobs I've had, I've had very few jobs where I'm like, well, this is a complete waste. I'd say probably maybe my unpaid internship, but, mm-hmm. but that's your general but, building towards something, you know? Right. Well, I mean the idea that I had to travel an hour and a half to have an interview for an unpaid internship that just made me ang- really angry. Yeah. Um, I'm just turning my head around. Just, That's all I want to do. Just turn weird. your head around. It's getting it weird. Um, but yeah, so like people, I, 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 like not liking aspects of your job, I think is inherent to any profession. Sure. Right? sure. Where that's where it comes down to the people that you're working with. I think that's because yeah. I remember like my Walgreens job was monotonous. It was like, it sucked, but I enjoyed Stock the- and shelves. Stocking shelves is one of the fun parts, actually. Oh yeah, it was. It was working checkout was re- really bad, but, um, but the people that I worked with was were fun. Like we started a fight club in, at Walgreens. Did I ever tell you about that? Like just slapping each other or what? No, like we had a legit like when we closed down the Walgreens, like when we were closing, and um, it was me and another kid that just started there, and we both had long hair, and our boss was like, I think you guys should fight each other. Like just out of the blue, out of the blue. I think you guys should just. And he kept like fucking just. It was like weeks before anything happened, so he kept saying like, "I think you guys should fight each other. You guys, you guys gonna fight tonight? You guys gonna fight tonight?" And <laughs> and like it got to the point where like, all right, well, let's fucking do this. Like I didn't not like the kid at all. Like yeah. he was a yeah. nice kid and everything like that. It yeah. was just like, yeah, all right. Fight club was on the brain sure. of everybody, sure. and we're like, we're just gonna fight. So we get done cashing out all the registers and everything like that. That locked the doors. Yeah. Um, and then we like we're gonna fight, so we started fighting. We just started fighting. And my boss from the um, like the office was mm-hmm. on the intercom, yeah. like <gasps> narrating oh, the fight, calling, it. calling the fight, and everything like that. Uh, no real punches were ever thrown because again, we didn't like we weren't we didn't hate each other, so we were just <laughs> we were like I don't know the fuck this like, is so we're, weird. We're just... But I remember Gangs New York had come out. Yeah. And um, the fish hook, uh, like, like, oh. so I got him into a fish hook. You fish hooked. I this fish guy. hooked him, and uh, I don't know if that was a decision or not, but it was basically Did I got him to that. Out? I got him into that, and I, again, I don't know if there was any decision. I can't remember if there was a decision, but yeah. we did it. A, we did it a couple other times, not me, but like we had other people fight other people and stuff after sure. Walgreens after hours fight club and everything. But that made that job much more tolerable because I had fun people I was working with. That's and, fun. Yeah. Yeah, that reminds me. So freshman year of college in the all men's dorm and 
one kid on on the floor had two sets of boxing gloves mm-hmm. and it was pretty early in the year and like all right guys hey I, we're, we're doing boxing in the right. hallway and you know guys would just you know narrow hallway i mean it's like six foot yeah. wide and you're like okay all right guys who's fighting who okay and there was one night and i i'm like hey okay all right i'll fight i'll yeah. do this yeah let's let's do this fought one kid kind of yeah, like a kid that i was friends with and i'm like kind of beat him up a little bit and mm-hmm. i'm like all right okay all right i see what this whole thing is about all right uh Couple other guys fight. I'll go again. Mm-hmm. Why not? And then fought another kid and kind of roughed him up a little Are bit. Are you two and zero at this point? I'm two. I, I would I would say that I'm a I'm pretty good two and zero. Okay. And then I'm like, got done fighting him. I'm like, you knocked him, knocked him down a couple of times. I'm like, all right, uh, yeah, all right. I'm pumped. Like, I I'm, like. I'm a boxer. I, I am. Yeah. You I know, I wrestled that. in high school. You know, I know yeah. it's. I know it's up. Those juices are flowing. Yeah. It's like, all right, who is? I'm ready to go right now. Mm-hmm. Who's ready to get in this one kid? Real meat it. Yeah, I'll fight you. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. And real meathead motherfucker. And just like, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to get my ass fucking just beat. <laughs> I mean, he probably had 20, 20 pounds on me of just pure muscle. He was a football mm-hmm. player. And he just. You were getting too cocky. Just, he just pummeled the fuck out of me. <laughs> it just like, I had, I like. I had a black eye, like my kidneys were sore, <laughs> and I remember, like, I think I might even piss a little bit of blood, and I'm like, no way, and I'm like, I, and I remember, like, my kidneys, are like, oh my god, what the, f- is that oh. the only time you've been beat up? Yeah, because I've yeah. never, I've never gotten into a fight, like, yeah. never, I've never like thrown a punch out of anger or anything. You know, there's been a couple times where like it's like. You need to do it if like we're like, like, you're ready. You're getting yourself geared up. Like we're really close to like, it's like I'm like yeah, I'm not fucking doing this. Fuck right. this. It's fucking stupid. I was only in one fight, like in in middle school. You know, it was a, it, a weird fight. N- I've never landed a punch. That's one of yeah. my big life things. Like I've never landed a punch. Sure. Uh, in a fight, and do you ever have dreams? I I have dreams where like I'm not landing punches in a fight. That I'm like, I have no idea why this is happening, but just, like, I'm fighting somebody and I can't land a punch. And you're just like, hitting ghosts. Yeah. Just yeah. Hitting, and that's my only fight experience has been that like where, uh, you know, we got into a fight. I throwing punches and he's moving every time. I never just connected or anything like that. Really? We became best friends for quite a while after that. But um, as you do with most fights. But um, but yeah, I have a reoccurring dream where I'm throwing punches and I can't cannot land one. Yeah. And I wake up and I'm like. That's so frustrating. It is. Oh, that's got to be frustrating. I've you know I've never I've never thrown a punch. Do you have reoccurring dreams? Do I have reoc? I mean, outside of losing my teeth, which I haven't had that one. Which I'm glad. That's a financial thing. That's a financial thing. I haven't had one of those in a long time. Mm-hmm. And for me, like that dream is always like I'm like, oh, what's going on with my teeth? And then I literally reach into my mouth and just fucking pull out a tooth. Mm-hmm. Um. No, I haven't had a recurring dream. No, and that's I mean, and that's fine by me. I you know, I enjoy dreaming. Yeah. I I think you know it's not nearly as like cinematic, and it's always like so much. I love waking up, just like uh, I I love I love how our brains like make a connections. Like that was my brother. I know he's my brother 
but he's not my like I and I wake up I'm like clearly that's not my brother but mm-hmm. I I know in my dream this is my brother I know who he is and I have a long history relationship with this person who I've never had a long same thing like I'm in a building that I know it's not a building it happened to me uh the other night it was like Christine and I went to a, go watch a show at the theater on campus Christine's your wife Christine's my wife uh-huh. and uh we went to go watch a show in the theater on cam- on campus. I'm like, oh, this kind of sucks. Like, hey, let's go backstage for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And went backstage and talked to the director of the theater for a little bit. And then like, Chris- it was like during the middle of a song, Christine just walked through the backstage door. I mean, the, like the side door from backstage mm-hmm. and just walked. I'm like, oh, I was going to wait until the between songs before I did that. And she just didn't. And none of the, and like this setup of the theater is not anything close. I love that. I love how our brains just, just fill in these large gaps. I like how it's a, it's a really extraordinary experience that we all share that, you know, it's, it's one of the weirder things in human existence. It's very weird. That we go to sleep and then we fantasize or uh, our, like, our brain our just, brains our creates brain these just worlds. Create world yeah and we're just like oh well that was tuesday you know and we're yeah. and because you that's we're going into like what dreams mean or anything like that i do think that there has to be something about dreams whether yeah whether they are connected or not like it's kind of like interviewing a cat to like figure out what a cat's thinking like, sure i i can totally admit that yeah I'm like it's not an exact science but it's a weird thing that we all share that it has to and it's, it's it's so weird that if it didn't have a meaning to it, it would be just even more bonkers than it currently is. I don't remember like where I heard this. I can't remember, but I like it. I like it, so I latched onto it. Okay, that's just kind of what I do. Um, so a majority of our dreams are negative. There, there. We have negative dreams. Worries. We're, I mean, where it makes us feel bad. We don't feel bad. We're in trouble. Like ex- just that example. My mm-hmm. wife went and it was an embarrassing situation. Right. Right. Okay. Um, and that is our weird way of our subconscious preparing ourselves for bad things. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times have, you know, you've had somebody die on you or, or, you know, somebody say, I don't like you. That kind of thing. So in a dream? In a dream. Oh, very rarely. Uh, but anyway, yeah, anyhow, so, yeah, but, so it's a way, it's a way for our, you know, we get to feel those emotions mm-hmm. in a fairly safe scenario. Uh, and so the next time it happens in real life, we felt these feelings before, so they're not entirely new feelings. Mm-hmm. So we kind of, we know what they are. We understand them and we can kind of grasp and, and wrap our head around them. And they're not just like, Oh my God, why am I? I'm totally shocked. I I don't right. know how to. I, this is the first time I've ever felt this feeling of, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I, I think you're right. Like, I remember. I remember distinctly one time I, as a child having a dream where I was sitting on a curb in a bank drive-through, and my mom telling me, "I don't love you, and I'm not going to be your mom anymore." Oh, fine. and walking off. Cool. And just like, <laughs> utterly, just fucking devastating me uh-huh. and it's like well i mean that's never gonna happen is that why you don't go through drive-thru atms 
I don't go through drive through ATMs <laughs> because I don't believe in ATMs. I do use the drive through I talk to the teller. Oh. That's the that's the key. You see that reaffirmation that your mom's <laughs> not going to leave you? <laughs> see that affirmation. It was, it was just like, oh, man, this is just like, mm-hmm. and it's just like, whoa, what? I mean, and it, like, it, like, emotionally just beat the fuck. I remember, like, I, yeah. I mean, I was probably six, and I remember having a dream of, like, telling my dad to fuck off. That's right, dad. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. And that was like, that was a dream I had. I, I've never told my dad to fuck off. I've never been, you know. Uh, well, now you have. Well, right. But I'm generally, you know, I have a, I would say a fairly good relationship with my father, mm-hmm. you know, but. The malice is not Yeah, there. there's, there's not like me being angry at my dad on like, I think it was supposed to be like Christmas morning or something. But it is, those things though, they do hold meeting, like whatever the meaning is, however you can like, like get to it like sure um, you know like thing with like the teeth and financial stuff like if i'm looking back at the times when i've lost teeth in a in a dream it's it's yeah. been that a more like tangible uh representation I'll, I'll have a dream where i i have to go to the bathroom in the dream and i'm like i'm doing oh. other things i'm doing other things i'm like hold on one second i just gotta go to the bathroom and then it's like this you know mass uh just epic journey to yes, go yeah. to the bathroom and it's never enough. Like right. I can never go to the bathroom enough. And then waking up, I'm like, Oh, I need to take a I piss. That's, that's what needs. That's why that dream was happening the way it was is because, right. So, you know, that's a much more tangible example of like, sure. I'm having this dream because I need to physically go to the bathroom. Right. And my subconscious is telling me you need to go to the bathroom. Dreams are dreams are super weird, man. I don't know. I, as soon as we can record our dreams, uh, and hopefully we can, mm-hmm. I'd love to. I mean, if I could sit there and, re- I think I'd probably come up with some really great ideas. I've had dreams where I'm like, I because there's always that old trope of like telling somebody else about your dream. Nobody is, gives a fuck no, about your dream. Yeah, Nobody gives. It's a like fuck me showing you dream. pictures of my children. Like no one cares outside. I'd of, say your vacation. Yeah, like, my vacation. It's a, it's yeah. a vacation. Nobody, kids, nobody so. cares about the pictures of your vacation. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You went there. That's nice. That's Thank really you. cool. You're sharing that with me now. Yeah. Thanks. It's great. Right uh, next to it is telling people about their dreams. But I think there like, are some dreams that are like, fuck, that was like a whole, that was a whole thing. And I experienced yeah. it, you know, like I always find the dreams that when you wake up and then you go back and you go right back into that dream. Uh, yeah. Those are the ones that have a lot of meat on that bone. Have you ever had a thought like that's just like stuck in you like a little bit too much in that dreamscape like where it's just like i i'm done i'm done with it i remember one time like like having the thought about prison volleyball prison volleyball as a concept and just and it would not leave me alone for fucking five hours gotcha. and, and it's just like and it's like hey what about prison volleyball like you know it's like i'm done i'm done with you as a concept shut up i'm done i want to move on to the next thing mm-hmm. has that ever happened to you um not to the point of like, like to the point of that where it's it incessant kind of like where it doesn't leave you alone. Right. I can't because I can't think off the top or like of my head. I'm, or like I'm falling asleep. I'm falling asleep, mm-hmm. and I keep coming back to the same thought, and it's just like shut, shut the fuck up. Yeah. It, there's like there's like a handful of things I like to think about when I'm going to bed. Yeah. Normally, I'm not in a state where I can't go to bed. You know, mm-hmm. where you're like your mind's racing or anything like that. If I can focus on a couple things, like I'll focus on like a golf swing. Like if I think about just like swinging a golf club. Weird. I know it's weird, but I'll, I'll go right to bed. I'll go right to bed if I'm like, <laughs> swing, yeah. if I swing a golf club like that, swing like, 
all of a sudden. That's like, weird. Yeah. But, That's interesting. But there's a number of those things. I used to, um, for writing lyrics, for when I was writing music and everything like that, um, I'd, what I would do is I'd wake up really early in the morning, like six, seven o'clock. Oh, oh yeah, that's really early. That's for me. That's really fucking early. <laughs> I'm, I'm of the belief that Bruce Springsteen's, you know, when he said that no decent musician is up before noon, uh, I took that to heart. Then I never anyway. took anything Bruce Springsteen took to heart. Oh, really? No, but anyway, till this day, I mean, that guy could come day. out and just recite like a brand new Magna Carta. And I'd say, fuck off, Bruce. Wow. No, you want Bruce Springsteen in your corner. That guy's got friends. He, is he's he, got, is he's he got, connected? He's probably connected. To the but Illuminati? <laughs> no, no, to the mob, probably. Oh. Someone had to finance those records. Anyway, so. Uh, like, Wasn't what, the American public, I'll tell you that. So what I would do is I'd, I'd wake up like six, seven in the morning. Okay. I'd get coffee, you know, I'd make coffee, and then I'd smoke some weed. And really then, start your day. Really start my day. <laughs> like, and this is all before I had to go to work at like uh, 11 for like the, the lunch shift or something like that. So I, I'd write music until like in kind of like a dreamscape kind of thing where I would just yeah. be not fully awake, but like creative enough where I can uh, just do whatever I want. And kind of like it's flowing through you if you want, sure. want to be artistic. But then when I'd have to think of lyrics and everything with that, I would go down and I, I would lie back in my bed and I'd close my eyes and having the song in my head, that's when I would come up with the lyrics. I would think of the melody and everything like that. And it's amazing how like you kind of have like dreams that you, if you wake up quickly enough and you can write them down, they would, I've thought of a lot of lyrics that way of, with that process and everything instead of just staring at a notepad, trying to figure out how to write lyrics and stuff. Yeah. And that's why using dreams as a, using as a dreams. tool. You know, using sleep as a tool to be creative. Because there's a lot of those things where, you know, uh, Keith Richards says he woke up from uh, from sleeping and he had the riff for satisfaction in his head. And then Paul McCartney waking up with yesterday. Yeah, I believe. I mean, there's there's a lot of that. There's some kind of weird like connection to like being asleep and then just like I, I do think that there's there is some kind of weird thing that moves through our body. That mm-hmm. radiates like ideas, where it just like all of a sudden will pop to you, and it'll just come to you. And I think that's I think that's very weird. Well, and going back to like intention, so like if you're if you're if you're going to sleep with something in your head, or if you're prison volleyball, prison volleyball, exactly, um, might be a show title. Who knows? Um, just, like, just shut the fuck up. Just like <laughs> I get it. They're they're playing volleyball. They're prisoners. I get it. I get it. There's not anything more to this. Shut up. But if you go to if you go to bed with an intention like it's probably more more likely to represent itself in some way shape or form oh yeah in your subconscious yeah. dreamscape you some know. kind of lucidness yeah. yeah so if i'm if i'm trying to think of you know especially when you're writing a song it's going you're listening to it a thousand times you know like as sure. as you're developing it as you're mm-hmm. listening to it adding other parts like you hear it a lot so it's it's in your head more so than any like earworm that's already in your head you know yeah. Like when you have a song stuck in your head, do you ever yeah. wake up with a song st- uh, stuck in your head? Um, yeah. What was it? Uh, I mean, tacos, 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 a little big by a yeah. little big. That, yeah. that was in my head. Yeah. 
Uh, what else was there? There was another one that was in my head not too long ago. But another little big song. Another little so big. Like, it's like, oh, geez, really? Sticking on the Eurovision track, I've woken up with double trouble in my head a du- lot. I have woken up with double trouble with, in my head? Yes. With like, I don't listen to that fucking song, but I'm here. I'm li- but it's good. It's good, but I'm waking it's up. It's weird when I wake up. I'm like, uh, what happened? Um, uh, Girls on film. Duran Duran's Girls on film. I woke oh. up this morning. With Duran Duran's Girls on Film stuck in my head. I have not heard that song in fucking, weird. fucking years. That's awesome. And I was just like, Girls on film. film. That's what your brain decided to recall yeah. to come up from the bubbling ether of your brain. Yeah. That's what it's like. Eh, how yeah. about this one? You need some more Duran and Duran. You need in more your life. Duran Duran in your life. <laughs> I like, I, I've like a little bit, I've been talking to my sleep a little bit more. Oh, yeah? Yeah, which is like, it's weird. Like, I think, I'm pretty sure I muttered out loud. Just too many projects going on. Like, I had too many things <laughs> just happening. I'm trying to like, like work on too many things. I'm like, uh. I remember one time, like, I said, I'm the king of Potatoville. <laughs> and like, this was like, this was back in college. And mm-hmm. then, like, my girlfriend who was with me at the time, she's like, hold on. I'm like, hold on. I said I'm the king of potato bill, but in actuality, I'm the mayor of potato bill. Just I want to make that a hundred percent clear. Were you still sleeping at this point? No, like oh. I like it woke me up. However, like I recognize that I was in fact wrong in my dream. You were not. The I'm king. not the king. I'm no. just the mayor. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, that's something to just you know. Get, I, I I understand. I'm I'm in the, I'm in the wrong here. And, and, and I knew I was in the wrong. Like, I knew that. Like, that was me. My brain knew and understood that what I said was wrong. And in fact, I was, in fact, the mayor of Potatoville. But does Potatoville have a king? That's the I, question. I don't know. It doesn't. No, it's and a, that's why it's wrong. This is a fully formed this is a democracy <laughs> through and through yeah. of Potatoville. And I couldn't. And here's the crazy thing. I couldn't tell you a single fucking thing about my dream, that what happened. No. Before, like, I just muttered something. Have you ever slept walk? No, or at least uh, I think maybe I, drunk. I've, I've like, done it. I once think and... maybe drunk. I okay. think I remember like one time, like my girlfriend once again in well, college, okay. saying, "Hey, um, I had to yell at you not to piss in the garbage can in the corner the other night." Oh, you've been there. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's just like it's just like. Sometimes I think I kind of ruined. I think I know what you're talking about. I think I remember waking up and needing to go to the bathroom. I did it once. I did it. I've I've done it twice that I can think of. And the first time it might have been another time I corroborated. But I remember in college um, being drunk and our our one bathroom was attached to the kitchen. And I think we had like this really bad shag carpeting in in the living room area leading into the kitchen. And I I got up in the middle of the night, and uh, I uh, I was pissing in the corner. That's yeah. basically what I was doing. I don't remember doing it. Um, just a little bit, little tiny flashbacks, very, maybe a little bit. Like, I remember my friends telling me, but my roommates we never it was never cleaned up or brought up or anything like that. So <laughs> I can never remember if it actually happened or not. It happened. I'm just letting you know. Right now. <laughs> it happened. It, it, it happened. Then I had the best roommates in the world who like cleaned it up apparently, or we just I let it soak. Let it go. The, yeah, into the shag carpeting. It's the, it's the, it's the latter for yeah. sure. But that was one. <laughs> I'm it, not cleaning up Bobby's fist. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It, 
Well, and we had a good enough relationship. You could tell me if I piss in the corner and I have to get the carpets cleaned or yes. something. Yeah, yeah. We, that's on me. Yeah. I can totally do that's that. On, that. That's on, that's on me. That's guys. on me. Yeah. I'll, I'll take care of this one. That's fine. <laughs> that's not crazy. And then uh, there was another time I, w- I woke up in our, in our living room yeah. and I just, I was like, how the, how the fuck did I get down here? Like, I don't right. remember. And like, I had been drinking a little bit, but not not crazy to the point of like not remembering walking downstairs and going to bed on the right. living room. But anyway, yeah, sleepwalking is that's a that one scared me more because there wasn't as many uh, variables that would lead to it. Like sure. I'm drunk on you know in college, yeah, I understand pissing in a corner. Yeah, um, I think that's a lot. I think that's a lot of people. I I I do I do think that happens a lot more for just being drunk or yeah, just drunk dudes just, just pissing, pissing in the corner. corner. Because in your mind, if if like it's little snapshots of remembering, yeah, uh, yeah, doing it in the rationale of like I'm in the bathroom. I like I was I remember like being like oh, I'm clearly comfortable enough to pee again because again going back to like the the uh, dreams I have where I'm like I need to go to the bathroom and it's like multiple stops. It's like five different stops Ugh. of like oh I need to pee. I still need to pee. I still need to pee. Yeah, there's no pee that's happening. And then it's when I wake up, I'm like, oh, I need to piss like a racehorse. But if I was in that drunken state, I was comfortable enough to be like, sure, this, this is, is the bathroom okay. and this works. I'm, I'm going to do this. Let's. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a. That's a weird thing. That's a weird thing. In that same in that same uh, apartment, we uh, I had a roommate who was out partying one night and he was, you know, he was just going to come back at some point in time. And my girl, my girlfriend at the time was staying with me and we had my, my room and I, we shared a room and then we had two other roommates that had their own rooms and everything. Um, so my girlfriend at the time was sleeping on the couch, on the, the couch of the room. It wasn't a fight or anything like that. It was just, that's, I mean, come on. She was just, she was in town and she was sleeping on the couch, mainly probably cause I was sleeping on like a twin mattress on a What's that got to do with loft. anything? Anyway. We weren't fighting, which was the thing. Hold on. You shared a loft? Well, I had a loft, and then my other roommate had a loft as well. Oh, okay. So she, I don't know. I forget why she was sleeping on the couch. Okay. But at one point. It's on you, though. No, no, no. You know, you know what? It's reversed, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. I was sleeping on the couch. She was sleeping in my bed because I'm a gentleman. That's what it was. And at one point in time, I hear the, the door open up, and I'm like, oh, that must be my roommate. I go to, you know, I go back to bed. I wake up in the morning. The door is like open still. And then my yeah. roommate comes home in the morning. And I'm like, hey, didn't you, didn't you come home last night? He's like, no, I'm just getting in. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And I don't think anything of it. He goes in. And this is still when DVDs were like, were worth something, you know? Sure. Um, all of his like 200 DVD collection was gone. And, um, I had like some money on the the counter that was gone. And uh, so he's like, what'd you guys do with my DVDs? What'd you do with my DVDs? And I'm like, uh, I didn't do anything with your DVDs. And he's like, no, seriously, stop. Cause we'd fuck with each other all the time. And hiding DVDs. Well, you know, pranks of some sort. Classic. And so it got to the point of like, I didn't fucking steal your DVDs, man. Or I didn't move your DVDs. Also, when I woke up this morning, the door was open. Um, and so it came down, someone walked into our apartment in the middle of the night and just took all your DVDs, took all the DVDs that we had stolen money from my, my desk and everything like that. That was on 10 cup gone, gone. 
but it was it was a weird like invasion of privacy. It's like this is terrifying. This is like a. It, have you ever had life in the big city? No, never. nothing. Never. That was the closest thing I ever got to it. And it was it was scary because I remember seeing figures walking in. I remember oh. like because I thought it was my roommate, and I was oh. I'm sleeping right next to the door. Ooh. I wake up and I'm like, oh, Sam, I go back to bed, and but if I like would have. Yeah, realized it was sure. more than one person or and not know. shadow people. Yeah. It was, it was a weird after the fact had happened after, yeah. after we figured out what was going on. I was like, some stranger fuck. watched you sleep. Yeah. And it gets him off to this day until this day. Friend of the show. <laughs> it's like, I got those guys. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing that's keeping me going right now. Yeah. But anyway, it was, it was a, it was a weird experience. No, I've so you've never, never been broken into vandalized at all. No, I, I my car like parked like at my in-laws house and I was at my house and I kept it there one night. Mm-hmm. Somebody went in there and like took like a crescent wrench. Okay. And that was about it. Like, Cause I, there was nothing of value in my car because. Well, that's another reason <laughs> not to have anything of value in your well, car. Well, yeah, not a bunch of DVDs. Tin cop just gone. gone. Yeah. I think Magnolia was in there. <laughs> I like Magnolia. I know it was. It was I'm, I'm being serious as the movies he had. He also liked, oh, God, what was the fucking movie? Oh, there's Barton Fink, right? Uh, yeah, that was, a, that was one. That's a, that's it a, was an eclectic movie his, collection. What's his name, brothers? Uh, what's their names? Yeah, the Coen brothers. Yeah, Barton yeah. Fink with... Uh, with John Turturro. John Turturro. I love John Turturro. Oh, God. And there was a Western that he had. There was... Little a bit Western, huh? There was a Western in there. Jeremiah. Jeremiah, not Jeremiah Weed. Jerem- Jeremiah Jones, no. Something um, like that. Jeremiah. I'll look it up it here. might just be Jeremiah. Is he loved that movie like in a way that he probably shouldn't have. Oh, yeah. Do you have a favorite Western? I hate Westerns so much. Why do you hate Westerns? Um, I think it's an interesting genre. I think it's a like a, a fascinating genre. Um, I've if I have to pick a favorite western, I'm gonna go. I guess I'll go Django Unchained. Jeremiah sure. Johnson. Jeremiah Johnson, not Jones. That's another. That's what he wants. Yeah. Uh, and who he is that? That's loved a, oh, fucking movie. Sidney Pollack and Robert Redford. Mm-hmm. Son of a bitch. Yeah. So that was stolen that night. Uh, yeah, that was like the yeah that was when uh, Robert Redford was a a shitty survivalist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He like he would show me this movie a lot, <laughs> just like put it on. It was like kind no, of no, a no, revenge. No. Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Yeah, it was kind of a revenge because what I would do is put on clerks. No, not clerks. Uh, ball rats all the time. Well, when I would we were like writing like riffs and everything yeah. or songs and everything on my on my guitar, I'd be in headphone world. But I always still to this day I'd need something else on. Yeah, you know, sure. just to kind of sure. zone out to. And I would put on Comedy Central, and it would be Mad TV like blocks and blocks of Mad TV, <laughs> and that's all it would be. So. I wouldn't listen to it, but he'd walk in and be like, fucking man, Imagine my you. good fucking God. And I'm like, put on whatever you want, man. But, but he would never do it. And oh. But he would give me so much shit for watching Mad TV. I'm like, I'm not watching Mad TV. I'm it's like writing. There. It's there. It's something it's there. I can zone out to. So when Stuart comes on and says, no. Like, I'm just a big fan of Will Sasso. Just, okay. Just shut Will up. Will Sasso is an American treasure. <laughs> He's an American treasure. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta get this lick down. Yeah, I like westerns. I think westerns are it's an interesting genre. Do you have a favorite western? Oh, um, I don't know. I Tom Horn maybe. Tom Horn. Tom Horn. Not, again, not familiar with the genre really. It's mainly because I hate 
Clint Eastwood so much. I don't oh. mind John Wayne, but I don't like him either. Unforgiven is fucking solid. I would do you, do yourself a favor. No, I've seen Unforgiven. Um, rewatch Unforgiven as an adult. That was a movie that we watched as a kid in the theater. Yeah, yeah. That was like every so often, my mom was just like, "We're watching this movie." Well, that's because you're like your mom, and I don't know her personally, but you don't know my mom personally. No, but there's. I feel like there's ladies of that age who are like, okay, no, I think this man is attractive and I want to see this movie no matter what the like I think that moral might, value is. That might have been it with the last Mohicans. Yeah. <laughs> I just need Daniel Day-Lewis I here. I just need this, Dan. And I enjoyed... Uh, I could go back. I, uh, it's been a couple of years since I've rewatched Last Mohicans, but... Did I tell you about the $7 VHS collector's edition of Last <laughs> Mohicans I found on Facebook Marketplace? <laughs> Today? No, just God. but set someone is selling not a lot, not like a whole collection of VHSs. This is a onesie, Specifically, twosies. they've onesie, been holding twosies. on to Last of the Mohicans Collector's Edition. And they're like, they, I'm gonna sell they seven dollars. <sighs> they want seven dollars. That means I have to get a VHS. I mean, I have a VHS player. No, but... that, that means you have to go and pay seven dollars to pick it up from somebody at a location. Yeah. Like it's not. It's, it's not movie. worth it. it. It's a good movie. Yeah, but I can go onto my television and rent it, buy it. I can do all those things. I remember I was like in charge of watching my nieces, like uh, as they were like three and two. Uh-huh. And you put on Last of the and I'm like, mm, Last of the Mohicans. I like that movie. And putting it on and not realizing I've got a problem of, and maybe this goes back to my mother, <laughs> of like, <laughs> we're going to watch movies that just, Probably are not appropriate to have mm-hmm. like a three year old around. Uh, Last Mohicans probably is one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, oh my, hey, just finished watching Last Mohicans. Hey, check this out, uh, sister in law. Uh, I'm gonna pound out the the main theme as it's like the credits are rolling on like their bullshit little little kitty piano. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, check this out. And she's like, oh, you watched Last Mohicans? I'm like, yep. <laughs> Don't don't mind me. I'm just a 16 year old kid. Don't worry. I remember. I, I mean, I remember movies that were shown to me by uncles and stuff yeah. that were like I shouldn't have been shown. I remember. Sure. I remember watching. Well, I remember my mom actually wanted to watch Legends of the Fall when I was when when did Legends of the Fall come out? That um, was 94. 94. So I was I was at maybe best n- 90 maybe or I was at best like nine. nine maybe 95. Maybe um, ninety five. We'll get exactly exact. Uh, ninety four. Fucking ninety four, man. Ninety four. You're really good at that. Don't worry. But uh, we watched I'll take this movie. movies I've never seen for a hundred, Alex. So I saw this movie as a nine year old. Sure. Uh, probably shouldn't have. Haven't watched it since. But there's some like really gruesome scenes of. I think someone gets uh, tangled with barbed wire or something like that. Oh yeah. Again, stuff that a nine year old probably shouldn't be seeing. Yeah. I, and uh, yeah. I've never watched it since. It's a, it's a weird, like it's lasted with me that long. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, being the youngest of uh, six, and my mm-hmm. older brothers were much older. It's like, hey, uh, we're watching Bloodsport. Fuck off. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, hey, all right, I'm enjoying this. Mm-hmm. This is good. You know, so it's like, I feel like I'm the, you know, poster child of like media influencing people to. You know, uh, you know, I have not become like some kind of ravenous murderer because of, I've watched those things. 
being exposed to violent yeah. media as a child, as like a far too young child. It's just it's weird moments because again, like I I've said it before on the podcast, but like I was basically raised by television. Sure, like yeah, that was the babysitter. The movies and television were the thing to pass time, but being exposed to it's just like the first time that you're exposed to the, the first time that that band-aids ripped off. Like we talked about it. The first time you see boobs in a movie or yeah. something like that, or the first I time you see like grotesque violence or, you know, yeah. a rated R movie. That's like, Oh, it's less language. It's more visual it's violence. Yeah, yeah. Violence and gore and everything like that. Um, but that was, yeah, the, 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 the being desensitized to the content Right. Happens very right. quickly. Right. I remember there, there were times. Have we, have we talked about me watching Friday the 13th at my grandmother's house? I think you mentioned it. Yeah. It was always like anytime you. It was yeah. More like spooky basement. Yeah. That was kind of the, the situation yeah. of spooky, spooky ba- basement. Mixed with a Friday the 13th marathon yeah. on Friday the 13th. Was this we'll, on a console television, by the way? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, I. I love console TVs. Oh man, and that's just that's. And it's me by myself. It was it was it's a, me by myself with a console TV watching Friday the Thirteenth in my grandma's basement. Yep. Don't stop me now. It's a country song that'll never be written, <laughs> right there. <laughs> <laughs> but it should be. It's like a weird. It's a weird, oddly specific. You know what? There's not a lot of Halloween themed country songs. Country songs. No. What's that about? What what's is going? The, what's going yeah. on? We can have patriotic Fourth of July for right. days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't talk about a fucking Friday the Thirteenth marathon no, I, on USA. USA, no less. I mean, you could tie it into. I, remember, Patri- I do remember. Uh, it was Halloween. I remember watching some Halloween. There was a. Yeah. Uh, there would be a Halloween, and I remember watching. Yeah, it was the first time I watched. Uh, Halloween too, and I really enjoy. I'm like, I think I like this one better than the original, mm-hmm. and it's just equally sp- spooky. That one was not a console TV; that was just a big CRT standing on top of a table or something. I don't remember. The other, the other added image uh, to that Friday the Thirteenth marathon terror that I was going through was was Zeke the plumber from Salute Your Shorts. Do you, do you ever remember? Did you ever watch Salute Your Shorts? On Absolutely not. Was that that was a Nickelodeon that, program? Yeah, it was however. a cable. Yeah. So I mean, Zeke the plumber was this creation for a Halloween episode of this very kid-friendly show. All right. Okay. And they created one of the most terrifying fucking uh, Halloween characters. I'm going to, sh- I'll show you a picture of him. Yeah, here. pull him up on the big screen here so I can really. This was for a. Instead of looking at Brad Pitt's beautiful face. God, I love that guy. This was a show or this is like, that's what they put. Oh, that's good. That, that's good. This is a plumber that would Put a plunger on your face and suffocate you. This was the folklore of camp <laughs> and everything. And it's terrifying. And he sounded horrifying. Oh. Yeah. Remembering the most traumatic episode of Salute Your Shorts. It was terrifying. Put a plunger on your face. Yeah. Uh, it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. And he I'd had a creepy hear, voice. I'd love to hear his sound, but. Let's see if I can find it here. This might be worth it. That's interesting. Oh, it nightmares, yeah. nightmares, nightmares, nightmares. Um, here we go. Oh, well, oh, you can, you know, yeah, okay. there we go. Okay, watching. We're gonna do this. We're gonna watch this. There's a lot of movement to this camera for salute your short shorts. They had to zoom. No, oh, that was a jib move. 
<laughs> Just Zeke the plumber. You think Plunging my guy's still acting today? Zeke or this kid? No, this kid. Okay, hit me with the voice. Friends, call me Zeke. Oh, that's... Zeke. That, that's Palmer. almost creepy. Smart kid. Because he would sleep with a stuffed animal. Hey, does this look familiar? This You're is not creeping me out. Hey, where'd you get him from? Were you nine? From inside your head. No. That's where you keep all the things you don't want anybody to know about. You're not going to tell anybody about this, are you? <laughs> of course not. So, I mean, if the kids at camp know I have a stuffed animal and I suck That's... my thumb. I mean, I used to suck my thumb. It's just that. It's that bandage. It's the bandage on his nose that is really unsettling. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a story behind it too, is why he doesn't have a nose. He just got chopped off in some kind of freak plumbing yeah. accident. That's good. That's. This is terrifying as a child. As a child, I remember it was a. Uh, It was a Are You Afraid of the Dark? And like kids could see like a different dimension. And there's like odd black figures walking around. Mm-hmm. And that, I I enjoyed that. Like I remember that freaking me out. Yeah. And still to that day, it's like, oh, I remember. This is the thing where, to your point, like it's because I was so terrified of that as a child. Yeah. Seeing that. And again, because no filters for watching television or like, of course you not. know, anything about that. Um, that it's still it's that that terror it's one of the first fear it's like one of the first i'm scared of something i just watched sure and i'm trying to think too there was there were things that would keep me up at night but it was i wonder how much of it was zeke the plumber honestly <laughs> how much of it's just zeke the plumber this is a guy in a weird rubber mask i i like me and my sister watching night of the living dead the sam not sam raimi uh not Sam Raimi. Uh, what's the guy's name? It's close. Yeah. To Sam close. Raimi. Uh, what's the guy's name? He was in the original. Uh, anyhow, it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. It does matter because he's a beautiful. I'll look it up. Uh, yeah. You're close, anyhow, so. the guy who directed the remake in 1989. What was it? Yeah, 1999. 1989. But go on with your thought. Anyhow, we watched, it was just on mm-hmm. TV in the afternoon. George A. Romero. No, George A. Romero is the I'm trying to remember the Sam Tom Savini. Oh, Tom Savini. Okay, yeah, he's in. Uh, is uh, in the 1990s. That's what it is. Tom. Yeah, we saw the remake in 1990, and it was very much a remake. It, I don't know. And if I've I, seen the remake. Honestly, it's it's enjoyable. Like I like I've rewatched it as an adult, and it's still good. Yeah, Tom Savini's he's in From Dust Till Dawn. Tom Savini is in From Dust Till Dawn. So you don't have to t- talk to me like I'm a fucking child, by the way. <laughs> I don't have to talk to you like you're a fucking child, by the way. <laughs> you know, Tom, yeah, yeah, like he uh, he did all the uh, makeup effects for, for them. Mm-hmm. I, oh, God. he's just in The Perks of Being a Wallflower? Who fucking knew? Mr. Callahan. Now, never watch that movie. Ever. Hold on, click on that. Who click on Perks of Being a Wallflower? It's hard not to click on from no, Dust Till Dawn. No, no, click actually. on. No, hold on. Who's the other guy? Who's the other kid? 
Because he looks familiar from, just from this distance. Uh, Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller. He's the, he's the Flash. Oh, that's so l- cool. L- yeah. Who knew? Dylan McDermott. Who knew? Who knew? Anyhow, we watched uh, Night of Living the Dead, the 1990s version. Mm-hmm. And that shit broke me. I mean. Yeah. Like, that's, like, why I loved zombies. Not loved. Like, I feared zombies. Mm-hmm. And, like, put a lot of thought into zombie preparedness and what to do during a zombie attack, how to deal with the zombies. This, it was the, like, the reasoning behind behind it. I, um, don't, I never have seen this. Yeah, I don't see uh, Tony Todd, you know, uh, the dude who is a Candyman. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um because I mean I've seen I've seen the original Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, and, uh, it's just it's no oh, fun. I would say it's better, <laughs> just because I think I think that George Romero hadn't honed down. Is, is that a different? Ru- that's a it's different. It's a different. Ru- ru- so. That's why I wanted to check real quick. Yeah, a John Ru- show. He's uh, not related, is he? Nepotism in Hollywood? Nepo- no, no, that wouldn't exist. Are you a fan of From Dust Till Dawn? Uh, you know, I didn't watch it until I was on a choir tour in college. Would like, you show your children from *Dust Till Dawn*? No, just because you know I'd rather them watch *Citizen Kane* first. Those are like hand in hand. Yeah. *From Dust Till Dawn* is a movie that I might start later tonight and then just see. I remember all. not loving it. I, I remember like people talking about how great it's it was. It's one of my top five movies yeah, of all time. And, and it, it just wasn't like, it didn't hit home nearly as much. And I think it's just like me and me and Robert Rodriguez just. You don't gel? I, I don't, we don't click nearly as much. Really? I, I, I recognize what he's just doing. Mm-hmm. I understand what he's doing. We're just on just a little bit of a different wavelength. So I remember. I, I know I've told you this before, but like this was one of the movies that my dad rented for me to, you know, he just had get get through no, the day. No, yeah, no, like he was like, yeah, here you go. Yeah, here you go. I came home for lunch. Here's a movie I rented. All right, and you watched it twice in a row. Yeah, I watched it a lot. Boobs. And then and then I went probably seven years without seeing it. And yeah. And my friends in high school, I'm like, we were into horror films and everything like that. I'm like, guys. I oh, I'm gonna overhype this movie. It's exactly what I did. Classic. Overhyped it. I'm like, this movie is amazing because I always loved the turn. It always seemed like it's like a bank heist movie. Yeah. It's like they're on the run. They're gonna kidnap this family. You never see the vampires coming. You know, you never. It's Just a, all of a sudden. It's, it's a light all switch. of a sudden. It's a turn. It's a light switch. And I love that. I was like, oh, it's all of a sudden. It's a completely different movie. And I remember being in a room with most of my friends and. Like waiting for the I'm watching. They've never seen it. I'm watching. I'm watching them watching it. Yeah. And as the turn comes, they're like, "The fuck!" Like I actually think Christine was there. I think your wife was there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're like, "This is fucking stupid." Like, where the fuck? The why the fucking vampires Ooh, come out? Yeah. What the hell? Because I'm like, oh, well, it's just like a weird I like. Love this movie a little bit more than a third act of. Uh, it's a little... it's talk about holding on a little bit too long. Just, like it <laughs> held on to it. But I loved it. I loved the, the the switch because they're so in control. George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino's characters, the Gecko Brothers, so cool. They're so yeah, everything so cool. Even and that's Peel. stylized what they're trying to go for. Yeah. Like they're yeah. like everything we do is right. You know, like there's a great 
uh, scene with Harvey Cartel and his young Asian uh, adopted son. And he's like, no, you're his dad. You don't look Chinese. And he's like, neither does him. Him, he looks Korean. And everything's like, oh, excuse the hell out of me, is what George Clooney says. And it was like, <laughs> oh, that's such a good line. Like, but they're so stylish. And then they get thrown into a world of just pure chaos. Pure chaos. And then Juliet Lewis is awesome in it. They find one of my great, just little uh, things that a movie can do is finding a room full of shit that you can use. Just finding that room full of ammo. Finding that Big. room. Big fan. So yeah, well, make it. I, I'm a I'm a fan of like. Well, they found they found a room full of old like trucker stuff. Like it wasn't a room full of ammo. It was yeah. like a room full of condoms that uh, they could fill with water. And then Harvey Keitel was an ex preacher, and he can like baptize it. Brilliant shit like that. I'm a fan of making something out of nothing. I mean, like that's like, yeah. As far as like, I love MacGyver and all that shit. And A Team. They do that. No, I mean, that's what I love. But well, that's the fun thing about about From Dust Till Dawn. Like they play on that. I think that's the whole point of that movie is they're playing on these things that eventually. Norm- well, they're playing on like the, uh, you know, convict on the run theme. They're yeah. playing on the super cool. Everything I say is a one liner kind of thing. I think I think it's more nuanced than people first viewing or watching it and seeing. I'm gonna have to because I watched it. In college, and I mm-hmm. rewatched it as an adult, loosely. I'm trying to remember, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'll rewatch it. But uh, yeah, there's something weird about like uh, Rodriguez that we just don't click. I mean, yeah. between all of his El Mar- Mariachi stuff, does not click. You're not not a fan of Desperado. Spy Kids, we don't click. Yeah, well, that was for his children. I'm aware, and I've watched it with my children. I, I don't know. I I I don't want to. I mean, I think he's. I think he's you a great defend, filmmaker. You can defend Rodriguez. I'm not going to say like. Do I like him as much as I like Quentin Tarantino? No. no. Um, there. What were the? God, what was the Kurt Russell stuff that he did? Uh, um, his um, was Planet Death. Not Planet. I mean, Grindhouse is the movie. Quentin Tarantino's Tarantino's was Death Proof. Death Proof. His was Planet Terror. Planet Terror with Bruce Willis. Right. Um. Is it is it fair to say? Uh, I enjoy their relationship. Yeah. I enjoy how much they like working together. Yeah, it's like Little Big in the Hatters. You know, <laughs> it is like <laughs> Little Big in the Hatters. Yes, exactly. Um. <laughs> Because that from Dust to Dawn is a great example. Robert Rodriguez yeah. came up with the story, directed it, but Quentin Tarantino uh, wrote the screenplay for yes. it from Dust yeah. to Dawn. Yeah. So I think they make an amazing team. Like as far as if they can make more right. movies together, I think they, uh, I think they work very very well. I think um, I, I think it's I think they're good. I think he's good. Uh he's just it's just something about like he's on a different wavelength than I am, and I just cannot connect with him. And hmm. it's just, it's but not, even like Desperado, you like you're you're not a fan of Desperado. Yeah, between Desperado and El Mariachi and uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, it just did not. But like, I, I would, I say, I will say, El Mariachi is its own thing. Desperado is its own thing, and Once Upon a Time in Mexico is its own thing. They are the, they they are. It's hard to it's hard to it's, couple it, all you know those what, movies that's together. Like you want to talk? About, well, listen, they're all 
they're so far apart. The, I think and the budgets are so I think so it's different. the budget. I think it's the budget. It's an interesting, you know what? You know, That's a fucking film thesis. Mm-hmm. Waiting to happen and probably has already happened yeah. as far as I'm like surprised I didn't do it. Actually. Like let's let's look at an example of a like foreign micro budget versus an American independent mm-hmm. versus a Hollywood blockbuster. Hollywood blockbuster and same director, same concept, same character, mm-hmm. and you know what are we doing with you know how what's what's the through line? That's an interesting thesis. Yeah. Because uh-huh. the things that made El Mariachi great were again like the uh, necessity is the mother of invention. I, I love that. And but again, I I still think Desperado had those elements that carried over. Obviously, there was uh, yeah, more things bit. you could do, but um, was that dimension? the general tone? Was that dimension? Or? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, from dusk till dawn was yeah. dimension. Then I had to imagine Desperado was. But you. But then when yeah. you there, there was so much time in between all of those movies though too where not really and not between El Mariachi El Mariachi was ninety two Desperado was ninety five ninety five but then uh, once about uh, two thousand three oh three yeah so you're dealing with a, a, a from Desperado to once upon a time in Mexico it goes to my point of saying like it's those not are, the it can't be. Don't lump it in with Desperado. I, no, um, well, I'm saying I'm lumping it in with from Desperado because it's the same character by the same director. No, no, no. Man, well, come well, on. Here, no, no, no. Here's <laughs> what I'll say. Oh, this is a good analogy here. I'm, I'm going to say it's a good analogy right now. Um, I don't believe you. El Mariachi is like a really good band's independent release, sure. independent band's uh, album that they put out. They get signed to a major label. Desperado is their first major label release. And it's like, yeah, okay, cool. They did it. And then eight years later, after putting out other yeah. albums and everything like that, they put out an album that's kind of yeah, tangentially yeah. connected to sure. their first big album. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's not as good, but it's, you know, I, I, I'm listening to it anyway. Or, And I don't think Once Upon a Time in Mexico is bad. But I don't think comparing it to Desperado or El Mariachi is no, it's, fair. It's um, it's different. I mean, it's different, but it, it's come on, hold on. It's the same dude. It's mm-hmm. the same dude who wrote and directed it. Yeah, and it's the same character. But supposed, I don't, I don't supposedly. Think, but you're you're ta- you're you're approaching it as it's as though it's bad, and I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's bad. I I just it's not. I don't click with it. It's not something. I am on that wavelength. And then my question is, is that what, what's your thoughts on Desperado? Cause Desperado, I mean, it's a good movie. I mean, it's not something where I'm jerking off to it five times a week. I mean, yeah. not everything can be the lake house. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't know what I was going to go with. It was probably, it was probably the rocketeer. The I, don't rocketeer. Know. I don't know. Waterworld. Waterworld. Listen, <laughs> Waterworld. Hold and you think I have a Kevin Costner you infatuation? You do have a. I mean, I'd like as soon as I can watch The Postman <laughs> on any streaming service, I will. Because I, I don't think I think I watched it maybe on cable. In I wa- I watched it at a friend's house on VHS, mm-hmm. and I watched it. I think maybe on cable on, in college. But I haven't seen it in a long time. I mean, I can tell you plot, 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 yeah. plot. But I'm I'm just looking. Yeah, did, you saw that Jetsons in 2010. Did Robert Rodriguez do a Jetsons movie? No, I don't think it happened. Okay, 
It's one of those Rightfully things. with Rose McGowan. Rose McGowan. As Jane Jetson. Jane Jetson. Holy fucking shit. This, how did this not get made? Well, you know. Hold they on, don't want to do a live on, scroll action. Scroll down, scroll down. Live action Jetsons. Oh, what was this? Hold on, hold on. What movies? What's the movies? Go up, go up, go up, go up. Red 2? What the hell is this? No, this is... I mean, she's Red playing 11? Jane Jetson. That's from the More Jetsons. like this Red 11. I don't know what that is. Anyway. anyway. Apparently, there was a Jetsons live action movie that was stalled. <sighs> stalled and went into the development hell. Yeah. Yeah, probably rightfully so. Do we need a live action Jetsons? I said the same thing about Scooby Doo. Well, it, it, I had a bit. I had a bit about it's like, you know, these terrorists, these mm-hmm. terrorists like sitting there and like holding people hostage and wanting to make a caliphate and like we want to make a, a a pure Muslim country that's, you know, everything is like. Why is nobody holding people hostage so that Scooby Doo Two doesn't get released? <laughs> Those are the real things that we should be holding <laughs> you know, it's like, people hostage for. Is this really what we need right now? Mm-hmm. Is a remake of uh, Scooby Doo? I mean, what's a what's a bad remake that's coming out? Uh, I heard somebody say something about whether or not it's true. I remember. Well, I, they yeah, remade Point Break a while ago. And they did remake Point Break. Uh, Which so didn't I remember. Need to happen. I remember in college, somebody was talking about Cedric the Entertainer. Uh, remaking the uh, was a uh, Dangerfield, Rodney Dangerfield, Rodney Dangerfield classic. Uh, not how high. Uh, uh, graduate was the was the school one. Oh, back to school. Back to school. Like okay. uh, I'm like Cedric to entertain. I'm like totally unnecessary. You, it is. Uh, it reminds me. Uh, it's funny. Rodney Dangerfield came up. Uh, I didn't. That's not his name. Rodney Dangerfield is not his name. No, that's his uh, stage, stage name. name. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I had no idea. Yeah, sure. I believe that. I forget. I'm gonna look it up here. What's his name? I saw somebody post something about Will Smith and Kevin Hart remaking Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. This is like, oh. well, well, again, going back to a new un- original that's idea. Un- that's unnecessary. You know what's Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? You know what that really is? Is the Sandra Bullock, Ben Affleck movie. Forces of nature. Forces of nature. Is, I've seen that at multiple grocery stores for sale for five dollars. That is that is basically a romantic comedy version of planes, trains, and automobiles. By the way, Jacob Rodney Cohen is or Jack Roy actually. Sorry, Jack Roy born Jacob Rodney Cohen. So he changed his name twice. Probably not. Yeah. So he changed his name to Jack Roy. Well, he, yeah. I'm confused. I'm confused as well, actually. No. Interesting. Um, but that goes back to our our initial conversation of original ideas and how tough it is to have an original idea and how much it's, easier it is to just throw new people into the same trope and yes. then see what happens. Yeah. They the failed reboot of the the vacation movies with Ed Helms. I mean, they wanted and, to read and I that. like oh. During that time, I was doing a movie review show, and I like I watched it. I went in with fairly skeptical, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as far as like characters from The Office. Ed Helms was pretty down the line as far as people I liked, mm-hmm. um, but I remember like enjoying it a lot more. You know, the only thing I really did not like was uh, Chevy Chase. Out of that remake oh, I, I of Vacation. I, I mean, it was like, um, 
Yeah, it wasn't. It was okay. Chevy Chase is uh, also not his real name. Oh yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? I think it's Cornelius. I think his first. No. Yeah, I think his first name is Cornelius. Like, yeah. Is a fun name. It's a fun name. Um, but with with something like uh, the. Um, but that was a continuation. I mean, so what you, Ed Helms was playing Rusty. Yeah, no, he was. It, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a direct remake. No. Oh, because I no. would. I would think. Yeah, Cornelius. And Cornelius Ch- Crane Chase is. And Chevy Chase showed up as, as Ch- Chevy Chase. Okay. Oh, so he's playing. He's playing. Okay, I got you. He's, he's playing he's the son, Rusty. Yeah. But I still think my uh, my point here of if that was successful, they would have made. All of those movies again, they uh, would have remade yeah. Christmas European, yes. all that stuff. Yes, yeah, and because it's why not? Why, um, why not? Yeah, it's it's trouble. I mean, first going back to the Will Smith, Kevin Hart planes, uh, planes, planes trains, trains, and, and automobiles. automobiles. No, I want to see uh, Midnight Express with Will Smith and Kevin Hart. I don't. I th- think I've seen that movie. That was with. Uh, that was Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin. That's good. How much? Can we go ahead and just look up Charles Grodin's uh, net worth real quick? Time to play celebrity net worth. Okay, so this person played the accountant. No, the accountant for a mob boss in the movie. Midnight Express. I think he actually does have some kind of like actual policy, like, uh, like United States policy background. I want to say Charles Grodin. Yeah, and that's why he was like featured in the movie Dave. He's uh, I, I wouldn't actually, put it What's your what's your guess? Well, hold on, what's your guess? And then. He was also best known probably as the, the dad, dad from on, Beethoven. On Beethoven. That's films. the third clue. That's, that's, that's the, the third, third clue. Yeah. We've, we've been workshopping Celebrity Net Worth the Game show quite a bit. Don't steal uh, it. I'm going to say probably... I'm going to say 17 million, Alex. 17 million? I've learned my lesson. I'm going to go 9 million. I'm going to go less than... Oh. Less I just, than... I just saw it. 12 million. 12 million. I would have been closer. You would, I mean, and under by prices, right rules, if that's what we're going with. Yeah. April 21st birthday. He's 85 years old. Charles Grodin's 80 fucking five years old. I mean, when was the last time you saw Charles Grodin in a movie? <laughs> Let's be honest here. There's also this website we go to, slipperynetworth.com. They always give the weirdest related articles to Charles Grodin, like, or to anybody that we're going to. Michael C. Hall. Michael C. Hall, the guy from Dexter, right? Yeah. And then Tony Cox, I don't even know who that is. Uh, he was he was in I think he was the little person in oh, Bad yeah. Santa. Yeah. So that He's guy, African American t- little person, his race has nothing to do. Bill Nighy, is that how you pronounce his name? And this and it's, it's this guy from Eamon Walker. Oh yeah, he was in Oz. Yeah. God, I love prison movies. Prison TV series. I just like, I just like watching people in prison. Yeah, Jillian, uh, Jillian Jacobs, like she's one. Like what? There is a. She's five million dollars, by the way. So she's as nowhere near Charles Grodin. And when's uh, when's her birthday? Her birthday is October nineteenth, nineteen eighty two. 
She's 37 years old. Me and Jillian Jacobs, we should hang out. Why? Because you guys are 37? We're within a year of each other. Ooh. Wait, are you 37? I am currently 37, yes. Yeah? Yeah, we've got... uh, You got that going for you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Yeah, we've got uh, nine months between us. You guys are both 5'4". We're both (laughs) 5'4". We've both been last updated our uh, celebrity net worth in 2019. Yeah. Are you from America? I am also from... That's a real question. Where's where's Jillian Jacobs from? I just want to know more about Jillian Jacobs. Uh, Why hasn't she gotten more work? That's my question, besides she's just a basic white girl. Well, she's on Love, right? Netflix's Love. Have you ever watched a single episode? I've never watched a single episode. I've never watched a single episode of Love. Not because of her, though, because of that that kid on it. I just... Oh, that's uh, your dorky... uh... I don't need that. I don't need yeah, that in my life. You just don't need that in your life. No. Charles Grodin is. I right. have Michael Sarah in my life. That's that's all I need. That's all the, for the weird dorky kid. That's all the love you need. Yeah, like I just root for him, and that's all I really need in my life. But yeah, Charles Grodin, twelve million dollars. Charles Grodin got old. Who knew? It's a funny thing. You see, like people, it's like you are not the same dad from. So hold on, I got to do math here. When did Beethoven come out? 92? Yeah, Beethoven's first. Be- yeah, the first Beethoven film, I believe, came out in 92. That's a whole different game game show. So what? 92. <laughs> yep, you're right. God, I'm good. And Bonnie Hunt. I forgot Bonnie Hunt was in it. What's the age difference between Bonnie Hunt well, first and off, Charles Grodin? Oh, I didn't know uh, John Hughes wrote that. Oh, that's yeah, that funny. was John Hughes. That was a John As uh, Edmund Dante's. Yes. Are you not familiar with I'm this? I'm not familiar with what, what is this? What is this? Uh, John Hughes, for some reason, later in his career, like he wrote a string of he wrote a string of uh, family movies as Edmund Dantes. Because people were it's different. Like it's not his uh let's see here. I think you're better off just going to IMDb. I'm just looking at his shit because it will say literally Edmund Dantes. He wrote a a weird string of movies. Edmund Dantes. Oh, I forgot he died. He, oh no, he's dead. He also yeah. wrote Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. By the way, uh, the man's an American treasure for sure. I guess he's an asshole. He was an asshole as well. I don't know. Uh, hold sure. on. Go to his IMDb bay. I mean, like, this is like his trivia. The premiere episode of Community is dedicated to John Hughes. Yeah, because he's dead. It was that, that was about when he died, right? Mm-hmm, 2009. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing? Just go to his fucking writing credits. There, boom. Use pen name Edmund Dantes as an homage to <laughs> the lead character of The Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah. Okay. I was hoping for more of a story. Why he would... Oh. No. Okay. But go back to, like, what other movies did he write under the pen name Edmund Dantes? That's the real question. And it was... Made in Manhattan. The story. Uh, let's see here. Beethoven's third. Hold on. Characters. Uh, Drillbit Taylor. It, like, yeah, these are the stories. Drillbit tel- Taylor. Beethoven's fifth. So. Well, no, that's characters. Um, dun, 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 dun. Beethoven's second. There's a Beethoven. couple other ones. 
There was an Uncle Buck TV show. I was unaware um, of that. Yeah. Wait, did John Candy start? Uh, start no. It was, who was it? Kevin Meany? Was that a real person? Kevin Meany? Wow. I don't know if you can make Uncle Buck into a TV show. Yeah, what are you talking about? Come on. These are a lot of, this is, a, this is ba- basically Beethoven that he wrote as mm. Edmund Dantes. Let's see here. Hold on. Uh, Made in Manhattan. I already said that. Yeah. Oh, you did? I yep. didn't hear that. And Drillbit Taylor. And the movie it. that made and Owen Wilson it. want to kill himself. And that's the one. There's uh, I thought there was one more. Beethoven's Treasure Trail. It's anything Beethoven, honestly. Well, that's all characters. That's characters. No, I'm saying like the, the he's the first time it appears is Beethoven. <clears throat> yeah. And then Beethoven's second. He's written Home Alone two, Lost in New York as himself. Yeah. Dennis the Menace. Dennis the Menace. He wrote as John Hughes. God, Miracle that guy. on 34th Street. That guy had like a Ken Burns style Flubber. just blank check. Yep. Just whatever you give us, we will produce. Can you remember what's, could remind me what Just Visiting is? What was that movie? He wrote a screenplay from 101 Dalmatians. I sure no did. Idea. Cash that fucking. <gasps> oh, with Jean Reno and Christina Applegate. Yeah. Are you familiar with this one? No, I'm not familiar with this one. Out of nowhere, Jean Reno of like a uh, French crusader like yeah. pops up in Manhattan. And the uh Lolita? Is he in uh it's the professional, the professional. that's what it is. Leon, Leon the professional is is the French title. Yes. Leon. Oh, Tara Reed's in that movie. No shit. Not the one that Joe Biden assaulted. As Angelique. That got dropped. Malcolm McDowell was in this as well. Sorry. You want to get really political? <laughs> Let's just get <laughs> at the end of the podcast. Very, here. very political about. <laughs> there's some like there's some weird things that have just like been dropped from. Well, that's a weird thing that's been dropped. I mean, first off, the fact that she shares her name with Tara Reid, the actress. That's number one. That's number one. Also, that currently Joe Biden's running mate said. You know, I believe her. I believe this woman that... She said that about Tara Reid? Yes. <laughs> if you want to take that as I'm in the heat of a political campaign and I'm going to take that for what it is. Well, I think I, all I that see, stuff I came see. out after she had already dropped out of the race. Uh, I think it was it was about the same time. I, I think she had... I mean, whether she'd said that she believes her, I mean, that was... Uh, she has said... I'm saying, like, she yeah. also, I don't think she was running when this Terry Reid stuff came it was out. A, it was close, because it was... She dropped out relatively early compared to... It was before the Iowa caucuses that she dropped out. Yeah. Which is super weird. But anyway, it's... Uh, Anyhow. Yeah, that's a... It's a weird thing to drop. It's a weird thing yeah. to drop. Especially in this day and age. You know what else is weird? You ready for this? I'm going to blow your mind a little bit. What? Russian bounties on American soldiers. Why did that go? That, where'd that go? Yeah, go on. What's I haven't heard about this. Oh, I haven't watched the news since March. There was a, a story that came out that Russia was putting bounties on American soldiers in Afghanistan. Interesting. And it's not like a hundred percent confirmed. It was just kind of a source of a source of a source mm-hmm. said it, <clears throat> and then it blew up. And it was going to be like, oh, how dare he? Oh, my God. Pearl's clutching Donald Trump. 
Yeah. How dare you? You care more about, you know, political Russian Russian soldiers than you do about American soldiers. Right. And it's interesting. Not a fucking peep. Nobody cares. Yeah. Now, now is it true? Is it true? That's the thing. Is, about it, it. is, is, it, is, is true? it true that it? How can been, you prove that? That's been swept into the rug and it's just gotten overwashed uh, as far as like, you know, just lost in the news of coronavirus and, uh, you know, U.S. Postal Service getting shut down. Is that, I mean, or is it, it didn't have a leg to stand on, so it just kind of went away. Right. Well, it did come out that um, that the original Russia investigation came from the Clinton uh, uh, headquarters as a not way the, to... Not the, head, not the Clinton headquarters, but like a... Political operatives within the Clinton campaign yeah. to combat any Republican uh, accusations yeah. that they would put out. There's been, for, there's been no evidence at all that Russia hacked Hillary's emails. No, 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 no. But I'm saying like the only reason why the investigation yeah. started was because they were doing preemptive striking. Like, right. And we're going to try to get an answer to this question before the, the answers, the before I, the questions posed to us. The idea. That and then that's when they found out everything from. The idea that Donald Trump pissed on a bed came from like a bellhop. No, that Donald Trump had a hooker peed on the bed. Yes. Yeah. That Obama slept in. Yeah. Like that was just like, did you say, you know, could you imagine if he did this? Yeah. And just like. That kind of bullshit rumor shit. It's and it's nuts. I mean, did you see the CBS? There was a CBS show that aired on their online platform, their CBS All Access platform, where they basically made that the the uh, the story the storyline of the show of someone had the P tape. Never know what that. It was like a CSI CSI type show. Oh yeah, and it was only on their online service, so it didn't air. Was it under the? What's the, the what's the good wife the good fight? Yeah, it might have it might have been the good wife. The good fight. So the good fight is the spinoff uh, of the good wife. I can't remember what show it was, but there there was a storyline of someone had the. It might have been the um, not the good wife. What's the one with Taylor Leone? Um. Oh, I have no idea. Ah, uh, fuck. Hold on. What's Taylor Leone up to? She's on a show on CBS. Yeah. Just search oh, there for, it is. It's it's just search CEO. for the naked truth. That's what I always do when I'm looking for Taylor. I, I figured it out. I figured it out. No. Madam Secretary. It was the show Madam Secretary. Oh. Yeah. So they had a whole like a whole episode dedicated to someone finding the um, a maid at the Russian yeah. hotel found the P tape for some reason. I don't know about that. And they basically turned fiction into reality. And super weird. Yeah. It's. It's also weird, like, nobody's talked about Summer Redstone dying. I have... What's that? Uh, Sumner Redstone. He is the... Uh, I thought you said Summer Redstone. Sumner. Sumner. Okay. Uh, he is the... Uh, he was the executive who owned CBS Paramount. Okay. And there's been a long, like, a long battle of, like, him and his mistress and his, and his daughters mm-hmm. about who controls CBS Viacom. And the only person I've ever heard anything about it was like on Marketplace. It was super fucking weird. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. It wasn't mentioned on uh, like uh, a couple of the Hollywood 
shows, the trades, the trades podcast <laughs> that I listen to. It's just like, oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. It's weird, but at the end of the day, I mean this. This could be a podcast. I mean, yeah, if we wanted it to be, if we stop it right now. <laughs> this could be a podcast. Like right now? Right now. This could be a podcast. Oh fuck. <laughs>